0: Welcome to the Get Over Yourself Podcast. This is author and athlete Brad Kearns discovering ways to be healthy, fit, and happy in hectic, high stress modern life. So let's slow down and take a deep breath, take a cold plunge, and expertly balance that competitive intensity with an appreciation of the journey. That's the theme of the show. Here we go. If you overtrain, meaning you don't allow your body to recuperate, your circulating testosterone levels can plunge by as much as 40%, according to a study at the University of North Carolina. Maybe the consistency is important for your ego or for your analytical mind, but the body can do just fine with a haphazard, sporadic approach to fitness. And yes, that means taking weeks off where you don't do a lot of strength training or sprinting because you're just not quite right. So a simple workout protocol would be do six reps with a challenging weight like so you're near failure after six reps taking two minutes rest between sets boom bang out a couple of sets simple as that let's talk about ancestral supplements If you're into ancestral health, primal, paleo, keto, you know the importance of consuming these unique agents contained in bone marrow, in the nose-to-tail organ meats, liver, kidney, all that stuff, the great bone broth benefits. Well, how's it going? For me, since years ago when Dr. Kate Shanahan asserted the importance of these wonderful nutritional benefits that you can't get elsewhere, eh, not too good. I don't know how to cook a liver or a kidney, but now your problems are solved forever. When you go to ancestralsupplements.com, a wonderful company filled with people who are living the dream, walking their talk, and bottling up the purest, cleanest sources of grass-fed organ meats, kidney, liver, bone marrow, all in these wonderful capsules. I dump them in my smoothie every day. I'm healthy, I don't have to worry. It's an incredible dietary boost. And this is so different from swallowing a bunch of those synthetic vitamins in those giant bottles from the big box stores, highly questionable health practice. This stuff is the real deal. Grass-fed organ meats, pure as can be. Ancestralsupplements.com Welcome to part two of Lifestyle Tips to Naturally Boost and Preserve Healthy Optimal Testosterone Levels. In the first show, we got deep into sleep. And we talked about the importance of minimizing artificial light and digital stimulation after dark, getting into that magic hours of 12 midnight to 3 a.m. for the hormonal burst, the hormone optimization happening at night. And then we talked about the important attribute of sprinting in your uh, exercise program to boost testosterone levels, get that spike of adaptive hormones when you do a properly conducted sprint workout And right up there with sprinting in importance is strength training, regularly putting your body under some form of resistance load for the rest of your life so that you can skate free of these horrible risk factors like sarcopenia. That's the term for muscle loss uh, relating to aging, as well as losing our balance, losing our muscle strength. Did you know that the number one cause of injury and death in Americans over age 65 is falling. So when you can get the weights going, Or the stretch tubes or the machines or the home gym apparatus whatever it is that you can get your body under resistance load uh body weight exercises we talk about the primal essential movements of push-ups pull-ups squats and planks there's all kinds of ways to put your body under resistance load if you're listening to this podcast during work like many of our listeners (laughs) just kidding i'm not sure but isn't that funny uh You can do something as simple as dropping for a set of 20 deep squats right there in your office cubicle right now if you want to put me on pause. How was it? Pretty tough, huh? 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Even if you're super fit, you will get a little burn going when you drop for a set of deep squats. And that counts as resistance exercise. So what's the best form of strength training? Anything that will emphasize compound movements that focus on the lower body so compound is something that's uh, going through a complete range of motion rather than let's say an isolated movement would be uh, sitting on the chair and doing the leg extensions where you wrap your shins under the bar and and go forward and backward in a single range of motion. Uh, in contrast something like a squat or a deadlift you're recruiting all kinds of different muscle groups for a more complex movement Uh, moving through actual space where you require balance and you require the stabilizer muscles to play a role to get that bar up safely. So those are widely regarded as the most effective. Uh, But of course you work within your skill level and your safety level. Uh, so you can do a squat where the bar remains in the rack, right? You don't have to grab it and step out onto the center stage, uh, but these compound movements are known to be the best. And when you emphasize the lower body, such as the deadlift or the squat, what's happening is you're activating more of those aforementioned androgen receptor sites that I talked about in the first uh, show when I talked about sprinting. So when you activate these androgen receptor activity in the legs. That's when you get most bang for your buck with testosterone optimization. There's greater androgen receptor density in the legs. That's why I'm mentioning this. So a simple workout protocol would be to do six reps with a challenging weight, like so you're near failure after six reps, taking two minutes rest between sets. Boom, bang out a couple of sets. Simple as that. If you have a lot of experience in the weight room, you've been devoted to some good workouts over time. Of course, you can go up and do uh, five sets or whatever works for you. But if you can simply integrate that into everyday life and haul off a couple sets of deep squats every day, Maybe if you have a deadlift like I do, I love my hexagonal deadlift bar that sits ready and waiting in my side yard, uh, loaded up with 200 pounds, nothing too serious. I don't have to do a warm up before I uh, step over to the bar. But what I do is when I walk by it over the course of my busy day, such as when I'm throwing out the garbage from the kitchen, going out to the side yard, I will stop at the deadlift bar and haul off maybe even just a single set of deadlifts if i'm uh, still recovering or not wishing to uh, strain myself in any way but everyone can haul off a single set and when you do this as sort of a uh, everyday element of your routine without thinking about it without worrying about it without stressing about it you will have a massive cumulative fitness benefit and hormonal benefit over time. So uh, something as simple as deep squats in the office cubicle or while you're watching TV at home, or if you have access to a bar, hoist that bar up on a regular basis. And of course, do the formal workouts that are focusing on these compound lower body movements on a regular basis once or twice a week is plenty as we talk about so much in the primal community. You don't have to go in there day after day after day and drift over into these chronic patterns. A good quality strength training session can last as short as 10 minutes up to a maximum probably of 30 minutes. There's no reason to linger longer than that. You don't want a prolonged production of the fight or flight hormones that characterize what's going on during a strength training session. You want to Get there, get the work done, and go home. Go hard and go home. So that's the ideal, simple protocol for a strength training session, couple times a week, and then throwing in some micro efforts in between. There, beautiful. There's also some other tips and tricks that some of the experts have mentioned here. Uh, one is to finish with uh, Ben Greenfield said this uh, a partial range of motion rep. And so what you do here is you. Uh, lift up the deadlift bar, let's say uh, two thirds of the way, and hold it there. And this will activate a whole bunch of uh, muscle groups and particularly the androgen receptor site. So you hold for a count of 10 and then put the bar down finally. I love to do this at the end of my uh, hex bar set of six or eight or 10 deadlifts. I will lower the bar. Uh, maybe six inches from the top so that my joints aren't locked out. So I'm like slightly bent knees and slightly bent elbows. Uh, just a little tip there because we, when we lock the joints out, such as doing a bench press, if we're talking about the other way, uh, you're just putting the load onto your joints rather than the muscles, which is where you want them. So when I lower that deadlift bar, Uh, a few inches from the top, uh, bend the elbows, bend the knees and just hold that puppy there for a count of 20. That is uh, a good muscle stimulation as well as believed to stimulate the important androgen receptors. Similarly, the idea of doing a forced rep, this is when you finish, right? You've done your six and you're reaching failure and then you have a helper there to assist you with doing one more rep than you could possibly do on your own. And this has also been shown to help Uh, recruit, uh, muscle fibers, androgen receptors. Okay. So there's your strength training paired with your sprinting from the previous show. I want to discuss the incredible benefits of red light therapy and how you can get started with mito red light. Mito, like mitochondria, red light makes the premier light therapy devices in the world and at incredibly affordable prices. I stand in front of my mito pro 1500 unit every morning carefully exposing my eyeballs, other important balls, and my entire body to special wavelengths of red and near-infrared light. When I tell people about my daily devotion to red light therapy, they typically ask, does this stuff really work? And the answer is yes, and there are thousands of studies supporting its effectiveness. Here's how. It's called photobiomodulation where specific wavelengths of red and near-infrared light, red's visible, near-infrared is not visible, that's why it looks like only half of your panel's working, these wavelengths help mitochondria in cells throughout your body produce more energy and clear waste products more efficiently. Red light exposure helps mobilize nitric oxide trapped in the mitochondria and allows oxygen to return to the cell and increase ATP production. The benefits are proven again and again for skin health, muscle recovery, joint pain, and numerous inflammatory conditions. Red light therapy is also beneficial for circadian rhythm alignment, because we generally get far too little direct sunlight and too much indoor blue light from screens and light bulbs at the wrong times. You don't hear much about this benefit of red light therapy, but when I turn on those lights, and a special 5% discount for BRAD Podcast listeners. Just visit MITOREDLight, M I T O REDLight.com, and use the code BRAD on any of their products. Go for it today and get started on your red light journey. And now we talk about the other piece of the puzzle, which is cardiovascular exercise. And of course, this is hugely important for living a healthy, happy, long lifestyle. But boy, oh boy, do we screw this up, don't we? Walk into any gym or look around on any road or trail and you see people, generally speaking, overdoing it, exceeding that a critical cutoff point of your maximum aerobic heart rate. So, the most important thing is to do the vast majority of your cardiovascular exercise at or below your maximum aerobic heart rate. That is defined as the point where the maximum aerobic stimulation occurs with a minimal amount of anaerobic stimulation. You're burning maximum fat calories per minute, and if you were to go any faster, you would burn less fat and more glucose. So a proper fat burning session is minimally stressful. It's energizing and refreshing, and it's not kicking you into glucose burning, which is where you get the stress hormone production and you get the sugar cravings in the hours afterward. That's the essence of a chronic exercise pattern is making you a carb dependent, hormonally suppressed human who's doing things in a Uh, well-intentioned way, but it's not having the desired effect. So very simple. It's from the great work of Dr. Phil Maffetone. Your maximum aerobic heart rate is 180 minus your age in beats per minute. 180 minus age. Oh, gee, I'm 55 now. So 180 minus 55 is 125. So that would be my cutoff point to represent a purely aerobic cardiovascular training session delivering the many benefits of improving my fat burning capabilities, improving my cardiovascular health, but not causing a stress response as it would if I were to speed up and try to uh, perform in the heart rate ranges of 135, 145. And the problem is it's pretty easy to exceed that maximum aerobic heart rate and drift up 10, 15, 20 beats above. You're not really feeling uh, the extreme stress that you might when you're doing an anaerobic threshold workout, which is probably uh, 40 beats above maximum aerobic heart rate for me. So that no man's land, that black hole that we talk about uh, with such intensity in the book Primal Endurance, that's what you want to stay away from. So getting out there and doing sufficient cardio, of course, we need a couple few or more hours per week, especially to balance the long sedentary periods that we have in life. But you can achieve this from walking, hiking, casually pedaling your bicycle down to the corner market. If you're Dave Cobrin in his new home in Newport Beach, whatever you're doing just to get on your feet and get your heart rate going, even a walk down the street if you're a fit person is going to double your heart rate from resting and it's going to count towards your cardiovascular exercise objectives. So I'm going to venture to say that most people are probably doing fine here. They're getting plenty of cardio in and the main risk is from overtraining, from overdoing it. So get out there and exercise gently or hit it hard with the weights or with sprinting and stay away from those in-between black hole workouts. Uh, in a related point when we're talking about optimizing testosterone production is to make absolutely sure that you recover fully, especially from these high-stress uh, challenging workouts of sprinting and strength training. So sprinting, as we've long conveyed in the primal blueprint message, once a week is plenty, once every seven to 10 days for a nice sprint session where you're only doing, uh, remember six second sprints or 10 second sprints or maybe up to 20 second sprints and then having plenty of time between that for just the casual exercise, uh, maybe hitting the weights or the resistance work a couple times a week. And all of a sudden it becomes pretty simple to get almost all of your exercise benefits in terms of health, longevity, and testosterone optimization. It does not require hours and hours in the gym. It does not require this notion of consistency, which so many people use that term. It bugs the crap out of me because (laughs) maybe the consistency is important for your ego or for your analytical mind, but the body can do just fine with a haphazard, sporadic approach to fitness. And yes, that means taking weeks off where you don't do a lot of strength training or sprinting because you're just not quite right. For example, I had a crazy binge of exercise. I did my first track meet in decades. A couple of days later, I did a nice long mountain bike ride with my son and nephew and ate a lot of sugar and had a great weekend vacation scene down in Southern California. And uh, oh, guess what? got a little run down when I arrived back home. So if I have less than optimal symptoms of normal health, energy, and immune function at rest, I'm going to curtail all my high-intensity, high-stress workouts uh, for, for the time being until I feel great again. And that's been a lesson that took me many years and decades to learn that you just back off and wait it out and you're not gonna lose any fitness unless you have an illness or something that makes you bedridden for a few weeks. Then of course, you're gonna lose some fitness. But if you can just kind of maintain with some gentle exercise, some aerobic movement, you're gonna do just fine to allow your energy to restore naturally. So making sure that recovery is really the centerpiece of your training program and your fitness experience rather than an afterthought That is huge. Here is some commentary from uh, Ralph Teller's article uh, regarding recovery. Uh, If you overtrain, meaning you don't allow your body to recuperate, your circulating testosterone levels can plunge by as much as 40% according to a study at the University of North Carolina. And I can absolutely attest to that from my test results over years and decades. And boy, uh, a 40% reduction in the prominent, uh, probably most important male hormone and uh, vitality measurement there is. That's no joke, right? So don't overdo it. Make sure you recover. Uh, now on to the next attribute or way of boosting testosterone. Great insight here. This is again from uh, Ralph Teller's article. He says compete and face challenges. Competition raises the sense of mission, sharpens the focus, increases metabolism, gets the juices flowing, and with it testosterone production. Uh, what does this remind you of? That's right. My fantastic shows with Dr. John Gray. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. He talks about the hormonal underpinnings of healthy relationship dynamics in his fantastic 2017 book, Beyond Mars and Venus. And with particular attention to the male, the male needs to constantly regenerate and restore testosterone levels that are so easily depleted by hectic high-stress modern life, particularly dysfunctional relationship dynamics where the man gets pulled into uh, feeling cranky, bitchy, emotional, and all these things that represent an imbalance in testosterone and an excess of estrogen. So how do you rebuild depleted testosterone? According to John Gray, you go out there into the world and do your thing. He calls it taking cave time or tackling challenges, engaging in problem solving, which are the essential male biological drives. We are wired to conquer our environment, to face danger, overcome our fears and achieve great magnificent feats such as bringing down the animal and bringing it back to camp for the hunter gatherer uh, clan to feast upon. And today it means perhaps going out to the golf course and trying to improve your time and your strokes and speed golf or going to the gym and hoisting a bunch of weights or going into the garage and tinkering with your uh, motorcycle project. Even playing video games counts because it boosts testosterone because you're engaged in problem solving and conquering your environment. So these fundamental elements of what makes us human. Brian Johnson, the liver king, the founder of ancestral supplements, my mofo man says simply, quote, do something that scares the shit out of you every day. So we have to constantly push the envelope, take on new challenges. And yes, they don't, don't always have to be physical. It can be cognitive, intellectual, trying to learn a new language, play the violin. Oh, anything goes here, but. It, testosterone boosting activities are those that get you in that problem solving competitive state of mind. Okay. So that's a nice attribute to add to the list. And then we get into the diet components of optimizing testosterone. We've already had so much discussion with the great experts of the planet on diet. So I'm just going to, going to breeze through a summary here and also talk about uh, some of the supplements that you may have heard about. So first and foremost is we've got to get those superfoods into the diet. Yes, that means eliminating junk food and creating space for the superfoods. And it goes without saying that uh, removing the crap from your diet is going to help with hormone function and general health, particularly... When you optimize your insulin production. So if you are overproducing insulin right now because you're consuming too many processed carbohydrate foods, both sugars, grains, and sweetened beverages, that excess insulin is going to remove testosterone from your bloodstream, minimize its potential to act on the target organs as it's designed, and it's going to basically suppress your testosterone. What are signs of this? That's right, gaining that spare tire over the years and decades, so common, it's so commonplace that we almost expect it to happen. But when you start to accumulate a spare tire, that is visceral fat, fat around the abdominal organs, this is an indication of excess estrogen, excess inflammatory hormones they're called inflammatory cytokines that are secreted by the visceral fat itself so it's a vicious cycle when you get a little bit of spare tire going you have a propensity to get a greater spare tire going over the years and decades ahead it's a slippery slope downhill so we want to fight this battle to keep the belly fat off of the body especially males but also for females too it's a very uh, adverse health sign that your fat is concentrated around the abdominal organs it's a special kind of fat some experts are calling it an organ in and of itself because it has the ability to to secrete these inflammatory chemicals into the bloodstream Greetings, my fitness minded listeners. I want to acquaint you with the Primal Fitness Expert Certification Program, the most comprehensive home study multimedia fitness education course in the world. If you want to enhance your personal knowledge of all aspects of leading a healthy, active, fit lifestyle, this total immersion course will be life changing. I'm the lead instructor and author of the course, and we have 14 chapters of extensive written content with over 100 accompanying videos covering topics such as general everyday movement, including micro workouts and dynamic workstation tips, the full experience of gym based strength training and all the different modalities, a complete presentation on all aspects of sprinting, both running and low impact options, an assortment of high intensity interval training and high intensity repeat training strategies this amazing home-based fitness education for you. And you get one-on-one expert email support and private Facebook group connection throughout your studies to ensure that you absorb everything optimally and you pass your series of exams and get certified. So go to primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad to enjoy a very special limited time. And I'm not kidding. This is a big time discount just for you. 25% 25% off your tuition, a fantastic premium offer at primalhealthcoach.com Brad for the most comprehensive fitness course you can ever find. So keeping that belly fat off, optimizing, minimizing insulin in most cases, right? Most people are producing too much insulin. So get that insulin production down. Uh, Of course, add the exercise factors in so you can burn off extra calories, get better at burning body fat and get that visceral fat off your body. So you will avoid the slippery slope downhill and allow that testosterone that your balls is putting into your bloodstream to take effect and work as intended, okay? Yeah. Get that insulin lowered, get that junk out of your diet. And then we turn our attention to the superfoods. I talk about these in the Mofo mission. Uh, you can look at a quick glance at the website bradkearns.com slash Mofo and uh the fabulous ebooks that we're putting out uh with more details. But basically, the superfoods start with organ meats. These are known to be the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet. That's why MOFO is so beneficial, because it contains uh, the target organs that are especially effective for testosterone production. But any effort to increase your organ meat consumption is super-duper awesome, starting with liver, perhaps the most nutrient-dense food on the planet. Oh, you don't like it? Hey, that's okay. Guess what? You will acquire a taste for it when you know it's so good for you go find some grass-fed liver integrate it into your diet at first i was recoiling at the taste because i never ate it my entire life guess what i did i put it in the cuisinart with delicious ground wagyu hamburger and made liver burgers where i could barely even taste the liver and it was fantastic now i'm easily cooking up uh, giant slabs of liver and eating them straight up or what I like to do is coat it in almond flour and I also squirt a little bit of lemon juice and olive oil on the liver and then fry it up in a cast iron skillet uh, minimally so it's pretty rare on the inside that's when you get the most nutritional benefit and liver is part of my game now to my great benefit I really feel like uh, my energy has become more regulated. I don't have those down periods that I was famous for, the absolute necessity to crash for a nap in the afternoon. And I attribute one of those reasons is upping my uh, organ meat game and inc- improving the overall nutrient density of my diet. Not that I wasn't eating super healthy already, but when you check off these boxes, go and get some liver, try to experiment with some other organ meats like kidney or heart. Uh, pastured eggs for sure. It's so wonderful to see that they're increasingly prevalent almost everywhere you go. Uh, vital farms with the black box or the dark brown box, they seem to have widespread distribution across the country of past truly pasture-raised eggs. There's a huge difference between organic eggs that are still given organic feed and a true pasture-raised chicken who's been out on the open fields eating grass and bugs and worms and insects and generating an egg that's up to 20 times more omega-3 value than a commercial egg, especially uh, a conventionally raised egg where the chicken lived in the feedlot, didn't even have access to outdoors, and just ate a bunch of nasty feed to crank out a, by comparison, uh, nutrient deficient egg. Again, you can't criticize uh, consuming eggs too much. But if when you have the opportunity to go find pastured eggs and for the budget impact and the nutrient benefit you're getting. Same with liver. Oh my gosh, I'm almost laughing at the prices they charge for organ meats because nobody wants them. <laughs> you can get uh you know a large load of liver for 3.99, 4.99, 5.99 a pound. Grass-fed liver, the most nutrient-dense food on the planet. And you know, in comparison to the steaks, yeah, they taste good, but really 20 bucks a pound for some part of the cow that has less nutritional benefit than the liver? Peoples, go into the organ meat scene. Go deep, man. Same with eggs. The point I was making that here, a dozen eggs is going to cost you three, four bucks, whatever. And then you can get pastured eggs for seven or eight bucks. Oh my gosh, fantastic. And if you're at the farmer's market, they're going to sell you a dozen pastured eggs for the same price as these feedlot eggs. Oh my gosh, bargain central. And then continuing the bargain theme, the best fish, are the smash fish, right? The smash hits. That stands for sardine, mackerel, anchovy, salmon, and herring. These are the oily cold water fish that have by far the highest omega-3 values of any other food group you can find. So when you emphasize these kind of fish, you're getting the best nutritional benefit of any fish also for the cheapest price. And yes, the canned sardines, the canned mackerel, all that stuff is just fine. It's teeming with nutritional benefit. Go to town on those things. Uh, look on my Instagram. I have this new uh, fun recipe of a sardine egg yolk omelet. You can't get any more super nutrition than that. It comes out really great. It's really easy to make omelets with egg yolks, easier than when you have the whites in there. It just folds up beautifully, picture perfect for Instagram cultivation. And inside the little sardines that tastes so delicioso. Okay, you also have on this list shellfish, especially oysters because they're high in zinc and that's how they got their uh, reputation as an aphrodisiac so we want to get those high zinc foods into the picture and then uh, emphasizing also monounsaturated fats those are coming from nuts and seeds and their derivative butters and oh my gosh people sneak preview i am making uh, for commercial distribution a fabulous incredible mind-blowing nut butter blend containing get this macadamia walnut cashew coconut cacao nibs and MCT oil. Yeah, it's going to be a keto machine called Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece. You're not going to believe how good it tastes. Stay tuned for that. But those are good sources of monounsaturated fats, the nuts, especially macadamia nuts, the mono superstar with 84% monounsaturated. And we also know that olive oil, avocado, avocado oil, uh, coconut, and all the coconut products are also high in monounsaturated. So that's covering your super food checkpoints. And then as far as as your macronutrients and all that discussion. Oh my gosh, we have hours and hours of uh, commentary and stacks of books talking about this. Uh, Of course, the ancestral eating pattern seems to be the way to go. I know it's a controversial topic. I don't want to get too too deep into your head. Sort of I do. But uh, when you're using the evolutionary example to sort through all the hype and the propaganda and the disputes that are happening today, Boy, it seems to make sense to me, right? We've been eating this stuff for two and a half million years. Uh, we know that the nutrient-dense animal foods were the attribute that fueled the explosion in human brain growth and brain function that allowed us to branch off from our ape cousins that eats uh, roots and shoots and leaves all day and uh, proceed to the top of the food chain where we stand today. So if you can find sustainably raised, we don't wanna have any objections here, sustainably raised animal products and emphasize those in the diet, uh, look no further than the great shows that were conducted with Dr. Paul Saladino and Dr. Sean Baker arguing for this nose-to-tail carnivore diet emphasis. Boy, that's some pretty important stuff to think about. And then we can figure out the role of carbohydrates and where those fit in and going by personal preference personal experimentation, whether you're or not you have excess body fat on your body, these are all decisions that are going to influence your choice of foods and macronutrient ratios and things like that. Uh, on the subject of protein, oh my goodness, Of course you have to get uh, your protein levels optimized. and if you come insufficient on protein, your body's gonna fall apart. Quite simple, pretty routine uh observation there undisputed and you're also going to tank your hormone levels and your testosterone is going to be the least of your worries if you're protein deficient now here's an important point it's very very difficult to become protein deficient unless you have some crazy restrictive diet where you're cutting out uh, most of the high protein foods. One that might come to mind is a whole food plant-based diet where you refuse to eat animal products for whatever reason. That's going to put you in the high risk category of becoming protein deficient. But the symptoms of protein deficiency are so profound because it's so important that you're probably going to be able to right the ship in some way, shape, or form, perhaps trending uh, a little bit away from your Early strictness into more allowances for uh, pescatarian type consumption, or throwing in the eggs and the sardines, and all of a sudden you're golden instead of in high risk. But when you're protein deficient, you're going to feel tired, weak. You're going to become emaciated. Uh, you might have hair falling out, and you will also, according to Chris Kresser, one of the brightest minds in the space. Listen to him on Joe Rogan podcast. Take apart point by point minute by minute the very popular documentary advocating for plant-based eating these days That was a great show. But Chris Kresser says, when you become protein deficient, you will experience intense cravings for high protein foods to help get you back into regulation. So that's a cool insight there. Uh, Not to worry too much about getting enough protein, uh, but possibly the most concern should be placed into uh, minimizing your intake of those nutrient deficient Toxic modern foods, namely processed carbohydrates, uh, grain, sugar, sweetened beverages, and of course, the industrial seed oils as well. So that kind of concludes a quick trip into uh, the diet aspect of how to optimize testosterone production and we will pick up the dialogue with a few more topics on part three of this wonderful sequence of keeping the dream alive, keeping that testosterone optimized. Thank you for listening to part two. And it really helps spread the word so more people can find the show and get over themselves because they need to. Thanks for doing it.